This podcast is made possible by thousands of dedicated listeners just like you. Be a part of this powerful three-decade legacy of evangelization by visiting materdayradio.com or downloading the Hail Mary Media app. And thank you for joining us on the bridge between your faith and everyday life. Jesus said, My sheep hear my voice. I know them, and they follow me. I give them eternal life, and they shall never perish. Speaking to his flock in the Archdiocese of Portland in Oregon, we join Archbishop Alexander Sample as he reflects upon our faith, culture, and life in the church on The Voice of the Shepherd. Joining Archbishop Sample is your host, Dina Marie Hale. And now, The Voice of the Shepherd. Greetings, everyone, and thank you for joining us on The Voice of the Shepherd. Archbishop, it's great to have you back in studio. Yeah, and it's been a little while, again. it seems like. And a happy belated birthday. When oh. this airs, it'll be right <laughs> after you. your birthday. So what is a what does a shepherd of the church do on his birthday? Uh, actually, on my birthday, I had some good spiritual direction with my little support group in the morning. Nice. And I went and did some uh, time in the gym to get some little exercise and relax a little bit. And uh, yeah, I just uh, had spent a quiet evening all by myself, <laughs> which is fine. Don't feel sorry. Believe me, it was wonderful. And, and my sister is going to take me out uh, for dinner Good. later. All right. Well, that's what we that's what we like to hear. And we're right in the beginning of the November season. I mean, it's a season where we walk with our loved ones. The saints and the souls in heaven are the ones that we pray for and ask for them to pray for us. I thought this week we would really get a chance to walk with you, get a chance to kind of see you walking in action outside of the masses and all of the meetings. You've had some time to travel, and we've <laughs> Way been too much, but uh, yes. uh, seeing you on some live yeah. streams from. St. Peter's Basilica to even Mount Angel and a beautiful mass of candidacy. So before we get into some of those great uh, ways of walking with our shepherd, I'd love to have you guide us in prayer. Absolutely. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Heavenly Father, during this month of November, this month of all souls, we remember in a special way our loved ones who have gone before us, marked with a sign of faith. Lord, we ask you to bring them safely into your presence where they may enjoy eternal happiness with all of the angels and saints. We ask you to be with us and our listeners during this program so that we may speak a word that will encourage and inspire faith. All of this we ask through your Son, Jesus Christ, who is Lord forever and ever. Amen. O Mary, conceive without sin. Pray for us who have recourse to thee. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Well, we'd like to hear a little bit about just your walk, and I think walking with our priests, walking with our our seminarians, walking with various parishioners, and just the souls that you're entrusted to. And we've had the opportunity to hear about a beautiful ordination. You and our new vocation director, Father Peter Julia, were able to travel to Rome. And I thought this would be the first opportunity for you just to share a little bit about planning for this opportunity to see two of our men out of, I think, 23 men were ordained to the diaconate on that feast of the archangels, if I'm right, in uh, the last part of September. Right, yes, on September 29th. And yes, this is a a wonderful celebration. Uh, Some folks may not realize this because I think... uh, uh, most folks in the in the archdiocese in the region are, are familiar with Mount Angel Seminary, which we send most of our men there. 
Um, but we do have a, a handful of men that we always have studying at Rome, at the North American College. There's just such a, a unique experience to study in the Eternal City and so close to the Holy Father, to the, to the heart of Mother Church, to the tombs of the apostles, uh, with men from all over the country. And really, in your classes, you're with men studying for the priest from all over the world, and women too. In your classes, are, there are women religious, lay men and women who you study with as well. It's just a wonderful experience. Uh, but what they do is annually, in the fall, as uh, school year begins, they do the ordination to the diaconate. To, so these are the men who are ordained deacons, destined uh, uh, for the priesthood, but they, they have an ordination as a class. So the 23 that you mentioned that were ordained were from dioceses all across the country. In fact, uh, there was at least one I know from, from another country, from Australia, that was also ordained in the class. Yes, so it, it just was a wonderful opportunity. And we had two men here from the Archdiocese of Portland that were part of that group that were ordained deacons. Uh, deacon, now Justin Echeverria, and uh, Deacon Brent, now Deacon Brent Derschmidt. Two men that I have known for, uh, we figured it out, uh, just about nine years. Mm. I met them in my first year here and sort of have encouraged them encouraged them to enter the seminary to begin with, and then just kind of walked beside them all these years. So it was a special joy to to be with them there the, uh, at the celebration. And this is something I, I, you know, I have not done this in the past, mm-hmm. because normally another bishop uh, will do the ordination, because you only have one ordaining bishop, and this year it was uh, Bishop Austin Vetter from the Diocese of Helena, actually one of his nephews from his former diocese in the Dakotas was being ordained a deacon, and so he was given the honor of of doing the ordination. And in the past, I've just not gone to the Roman ordination, but this year I, I, I thought, you know, I really should go to these. These are my spiritual sons, and even though I may not be the ordaining bishop, uh, my guys are still being ordained mm-hmm. to the diaconate on their way to the priesthood. And I wanted to be there to support them, to show my love for them uh, as, as, a, as a spiritual father to them and as their future shepherd uh, here in the Archdiocese of Portland as one of my future priests. So it was just a, uh, yes, it was just a joyful celebration. I mean, in the do the ordination right in St. Peter's Basilica. So you're, you're yeah. right uh, behind, you know, we're all familiar with the big papal altar where the papal masses are held, but behind that, in the apse, below that very famous window of the Holy Spirit mm-hmm. uh, that's in the back of the apse of the basilica, below there is called the altar of the chair, the chair of Peter, and that's where the, the ordination was held. And here you are in St. Peter's Basilica for an ordination. Um, it was just an incredible experience for everybody. And like you said, this was the first time traveling uh, to, to Rome with our new vocation director, Father Peter Julia. So we got to spend, obviously, a lot of time on that plane yeah. ac- across the pond, as we say. And so we had a lot of good time to talk about the men that we have in the seminary, uh, future plans, and recruitment, supervision of, of, of the mm-hmm. guys, helping them grow in, in the love of the Lord Jesus. Yeah. I think it's just so beautiful, Archbishop, to see, especially since Father Peter Julia is new in this role, and so and a newer ordained priest. And so... The opportunity for him to see some of these seminarians, okay, here's the diaconate ordination. These are the guys that I'm going to help get prepared for their and next exactly. step. Exactly, and, and Father Peter has has the the, the unique advantage in the, in the case of the Roman situation that he, he studied at the North American right. College, so he had that very same experience that he was now uh, sort of living again with his, his younger brothers. Right, right. And you mentioned, and I've seen some pictures I know from Holy Trinity where Deacon Justin is a member of, 
I know his family was there. Was Deacon Brent's family yes, there as well? Yes, yes. The, the, the families of both of these men were uh, there in Rome for the ordination and their siblings as well. And it's 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 kind of a unique thing. It's something different, quite honestly, than when I was ordained a deacon. You know, when I was ordained a deacon, gosh, what, 30, 33 and a half years ago, uh, you know, okay, you got ordained deacon. We were ordained at the seminary. And the first time you were deacon was, well, whenever you came up on the rotation schedule mm-hmm. at the seminary. But it's become now kind of a big deal for the men to have, quote, unquote, their first mass to serve as a deacon, now ordained, and to preach. Uh, so I was... Uh, privilege to celebrate the Mass for Deacon Brent Derschmidt. Uh, we celebrated it at the Church of St. Catherine of Siena uh, in Rome. And uh, he preached at the Mass and assisted me at the altar as deacon. And then I was able later in the day to attend, to be in choir and presence at the Mass uh, celebrated by Father Peter Julia for Deacon uh, Justin Echeverria. And, and, and Deacon Justin, then he got to preach at, at his Mass. So it was, it was a special thing. And to see their families there, of course, yeah. their families are so proud. Yeah. And, you know, you've talked so much about being a spiritual father. And I just think about the mothers and the fathers of these men who are there, and they're so excited to see their son, you know, move forward towards his vocation. And you get to accompany them in that joy. Yeah. It was wonderful, you know, and I I always do, and not just for the men in Rome, but even for the the, the men that are studying in the other seminaries, Mount Angel, for example. I love to get to know the families of, of these men. You know, I want them to feel very much a part of our our family as well as in terms of the presbyterate. Uh, you know, I always say, actually, it's, it's not to <laughs> take it all the way to the end of life, but I, I'll always say at, a, at a, the funeral of a priest that a priest is a very blessed man because he gets to kind of belong to three families. He's got his family that he, you know, his family of origin where he was born and raised. He has the family of his parish community that, that he serves. They become family to him. But also, he has, he's part of a brotherhood. He's, he's part of the family of the presbyterate. So I, I like to see that the families, the parents, especially of our priests, are, are sort of part of the family of, of all of us. And I want them to feel that from me uh, and just how grateful I am really to them for uh, you know, the life of their, of their son now, now becoming a priest and uh, just the, the upraising uh, that they gave and the encouragement they gave, and maybe even the example they gave that, that helped spark the vocation. Mm-hmm. We're talking with the beautiful diaconate ordination that happened on September 29th with two of our men from the Archdiocese of Portland. So continue to pray for all of our men in formation at the various seminaries. There was a one video clip, Archbishop, that was on YouTube, and it was about two minutes with all of the men, the vigil before that mass, and they were all lined up holding candles in one of the, I think it was a crypt church somewhere, um, but they were singing, I believe it was the Salve Regina in Latin. And it was just so beautiful to see all of the priests, the deacons, the seminarians, but just maybe recall a little bit of that fraternity when you were there, obviously with the other bishops who were able to attend and these other priests and seminarians. What a joy. Yeah. You know, there's, there's, there's such a, a, a feeling of I guess would say unity and communion in the body of Christ. You know, it's 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 the whole church gathered in many ways. You know, you have bishops from all over the country, and in this case, uh, from all over the world. Cardinal Pell uh, was there from Australia. Uh, you know, he's actually he lives in Rome now, but he's originally from Australia because uh, uh, a young man from Sydney was being ordained uh, a, a deacon, and the current 
uh, Archbishop of Sydney was was there as, as well. But yeah, so you're you're with your brother bishops. For me, my brother bishops from around the country, many whom I know very well, and so it was good to reconnect with them. Uh, to be there with the priests that that I've known over the years, but then these deacons, their families, the the families of these men now are getting to know the families of other men. Um, there's a real sense of brotherhood, though, that that I truly could see uh, between the men being ordained, and and we see this really in all the seminaries. You know, mm-hmm. um, you know, when I visit Mount Angel, which I of course I spend, you know, in terms of seminary time and visiting seminaries. Of course, I spend much more time at Mount Angel than, than anywhere else. And you see that is there as well. There's a certain fraternity, a camaraderie, that uh, a brotherhood that, that, that forms, you know, with these men. Um, and at the other places as well, St. Patrick's in Menlo Park and, and uh, Bishop White up in Spokane with our, some of our college guys. It's that family atmosphere, that communion, that, that belonging to one another that, that is so special. Mm-hmm. And you mentioned Archbishop having time to travel with uh, Father Peter Julia, our new vocation director, and probably some planning or just maybe not in the details, but it's just spending time with your priest to have that time where you're not interrupted because right. you're on a plane, you're on or a you're, plane. you know, you're in this beautiful city, but that you guys had a little bit of time to just be together, I think, and just see, okay, what does the Lord have for us? Yeah, you know, I think that, uh, you know, in the particular case, you know, the last, uh, Father Jeff Irvin, who was our former vocation director? You know, he was he was already a priest uh, when I arrived here. Uh, you know, uh, nine and a half years ago, uh, he was already a priest, and 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 so I did not have the privilege of sort of accompanying him through his seminary years. And that uh, Archbishop Vlasny had that that wonderful privilege. Whereas uh, you know, Father Peter Julia, actually, Father Peter Julia was the very first seminarian I met uh-huh. for the Archdiocese of Portland. I'm going to embarrass him here now <laughs> because I had arrived on Easter Sunday for the my installation here as archbishop. I was installed on, on Tuesday of Easter week, April 2nd, and I arrived on actually on uh, Easter Sunday. And I was taking my two sisters over uh, for, to show them the cathedral and walking through the courtyard at the cathedral there with them. Uh, then seminarian Peter mm-hmm. Julia had just come in from a run, <laughs> and he was in his gym, you know, running clothes. He was sweaty and everything else. And here's his new archbishop for meeting him for the first time. He told me he was so mortified that this was going to be the first. I said, "No, good heavens, you know, that's we're just normal guys, you know, and underneath it all, we're just normal guys." And so, uh, so yeah, so but I've walked with. Uh, Father Julia, you know, through his years in the seminary and, and, you know, spent a lot of time with him getting to know him. So it's just such a, uh, let me tell you, uh, for for our listeners, you have no idea how much it means to me to be able to have a personal relationship with with my priests, with the seminarians, who are my future priests, our future priests, but also with with all of the people uh, of God. You know, this is this is the heart. This is this is this is my heart. I, I and I've shared this with, with you before. We've talked about this before. You know, the administrative burden of a bishop, and it's funny because you know this is nothing new. Saint mm-hmm. Gregory the Great <laughs> wrote. And we get this reading in the in the breviary in the divine office uh, where he's writing about the administrative burden of being a bishop and how he gets drawn into the administrative duties and it takes him away from prayer and from his spiritual life and from, you know, 
connecting as a, as a spiritual father to the people. So I said, wow, you know, I guess this is always going to be the, the, the struggle, isn't it? But as I've said before, I didn't become a, a priest in the first place to be a, an administrator and a CEO. I, I became a priest because I wanted to be a spiritual father, a shepherd, pastor. So these kinds of opportunities to spend time with my priests, to spend time with the seminaries, but also to spend time with our people and in my pastoral visits throughout the archdiocese, to spend real quality time in conversation, listening to people, talking with them, getting to know them, them getting to know me, is such a joy. It was interesting. Uh, one of the priests that, that, that I work closely with uh, remarked just the other day, he says, you know, when you come back from these pastoral visits, he says, there's, there's something very new about you. There's something very, you're, you seem more energetic, you seem more upbeat, you seem you know, happier, you seem kind of like you've gotten a real boost. And I said, well, that's very interesting you observe that because that's exactly what it gives me. Mm-hmm. It gives me an opportunity to just being with people, uh, renewing the heart of, a, of my pastoral heart. Uh, just, just does me personally, quite honestly. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's very selfish. It does me such tremendous good, but I think that good ultimately re- redounds to the, to the good of the archdiocese and yeah. the people that I'm called to serve. Yeah, and I think it's interesting, Archbishop. In the month of November, the communion of saints. I mean, we're in a, we're in a community. We're in a family. We are in this extended family, and that's just that joy. I think about for us as the people in the pews, it's being able to have fellowship with you know co- coffee and donuts, as simple as it is. That's a beautiful time of the week when I get to spend some time with people maybe I don't know, and just over a cup of coffee after mass, we can just visit mm-hmm. and get to know each other. Mm-hmm. And many times we don't take advantage of those. Oh, I got to go. I mean, I see people who leave right almost after the blessing and they're, they're, they're gone. The door. <laughs> but, but wow, I could invest those few extra minutes. And your heart is really called to invest those extra minutes in the people that you're called to serve. Yes. I, I really, you know, I have to say as, as a bishop in the church today, well, in being a pastor today, too, a, a parish priest, a pastor in a parish, it's a very different world than decades ago in terms of what the priestly life is like. Our priests are pulled in so many different directions, and there's so many burdens on them as well, administrative burdens. And it seems like uh, one priest put it to me the other day. He says, you know, I feel like I'm just kind of running around putting out fires all the time. And you feel like you're running from one thing to the other and you're distracted. And I, and I think honestly and truly, and I, this may sound a little bit melodramatic, I think this is a strategy of the enemy, the evil one. I think to, to distract priests, to distract bishops, to keep us busy, keep us busy with busy work. Because then, you know, maybe we're not as focused on the spiritual dimension of our ministry where we're really called to make the greatest impact. You know, to teach our people, to shepherd them, to give them the sacraments, to pray with them, to teach them how to pray, to be with them in their struggles, to really be a father to them, to be close to them, to trans help transform lives as instruments of Jesus. That's the real work of a priest. And when we get so distracted and so busied with all of this other stuff, a lot of it administrative, I think the the enemy, the evil one, uh, is just rejoicing because he's got us off our game. So I want to work really hard in my own life as a bishop, and I also want to work closely with my priests to help us sort of be freed up from a lot of this, 
in order to be able to really be more present to our people, to be those shepherds, pastors, spiritual fathers to our people that I really think they, they ultimately want us to be. And they feel distanced from us. You know, and I feel that as a bishop. I, it's a whole different ballgame after I've spent a, a, a visit in a parish, maybe had mass in a parish, and then had a town hall meeting afterwards and answered questions and had conversation. And then the, the questions that are after the session, you know, as you're, as you're just visiting one-on-one with people, it changes people's perceptions, really it does, uh, of who you are. They make all kinds of uh, decisions about who you are, maybe judgments about who you are and what you are and what you stand for, what you're like. And then they meet a person and you, you say, wow, that's not at all what I expected. Mm-hmm. So I think, it, it, I, think I, I think our priests need to be closer to our people to accompany them. I need to be closer to our people to accompany them. And I need to be closer to my priests to accompany them and to be a good spiritual father to them, to encourage them and support them and give them direction, uh, give them vision. But I, I feel a special call to foster those relationships to our seminarians as well, because they are the future of our church. They are the future of pastors, leaders, shepherds, fathers of our church. And I want them to know my mind and heart. I want them to know that I love them and that I support them, as I do for all the priests. I want to have a very open, trusting uh, relationship with them so that I wouldn't want a priest ever to feel like he can't come to me with anything, mm-hmm. uh, like like he'd come to your father, you know, and, and not fear, uh, but but know that, that he loves you and, and, and will do what he can to help you. Mm, absolutely. You know, we're talking during the week of National Vocation Awareness Week. <laughs> it goes through the 12th, and I think about you've had these opportunities just in the last few months yeah, to visit. Yeah, this has been the seminary uh, tour, as I call yeah, it. Yeah, really. And I don't know what it was. Maybe it was a prompting of my guardian angel, but uh, in the morning I wanted to watch something glorious, so I clicked on and watched the live stream at Mount Angel, and it was the Mass of Candidacy. And it was the most beautiful thing. I just sat and I was just mesmerized at these men, and I know James Ladd, uh, one of our men, seminarians, and so he was one of the four that were making that next step. But you just had this, such a passionate message for these men who are moving forward, they get closer, Mm -hmm. they continue their studies and their formation, and that just set my heart, like, this is my shepherd caring for the needs of our future priests. Yeah, that's beautiful celebration. This is a a tradition that we have at Mount Angel Seminary, where every year there's what we call the meeting of the Episcopal Council, which are all of the bishops who send men to Mount Angel Seminary, along with the vocation directors from those same dioceses. And as Archbishop I ex officio, I chair that meeting. And then by tradition, the day begins with the Archbishop here in Portland celebrating the Mass of Candidacy. So I, I've, I've done this, you know, every year that I've been here so far. And it starts the day off, you know. And so these are men who are taking that next step. It's, 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 a, it's sort of a more serious commitment to finish your studies now and, and, and prepare for the priesthood. So James Ladd, yes, as you mentioned, one of our own men uh, was, was part of that group. And again, you know, James is a, a fellow that I've known all through his yeah. seminary formation. I remember him at his, our first uh, discernment retreat, our January discernment retreat with the Archbishop. I remember his first time coming to that. And, and, and now here he is uh, going through candidacy. He's getting closer to diaconate ordination. Yes, so it's, it's just wonderful. And, you know, of course, there's that just very special bond that the Archdiocese has with Mount Angel Seminary. 
and uh, the tradition there. It's not our seminary. You know, the, the seminary is not an archdiocesan seminary. It's, it's uh, a seminary uh, overseen and, and, and run by and owned, if you will, by, by the monks, by the Mount Angel Abbey. It's one of their apostolates. One of their missions is, is the seminary. Um, but there's a strong uh, mm-hmm. historical link and bond between the Archdiocese of Portland and Mount Angel Seminary. So yeah, there's always this, there's always a special feeling uh, when you're at Mount Angel because of of that history and relationship. Yeah, absolutely. Well, we've just got a few more moments, but I guess as we close this time together, your prayer for us to continue to work towards holy vocations. Yes, yeah, so, you know this is something that uh, I really want to encourage all of us to work hard on. You know, we've got these men that we've been talking about. When, as I mentioned earlier, we've got some men down at St. Patrick's Seminary in Menlo Park, and I just visited there recently. We've got some men up at Bishop White at Gonzaga University in Spokane uh, in college that I visited also recently. This, like you said, this has been the yeah. seminary run. But these men need our prayers. Mm-hmm. They need our love. They need our encouragement. But there's other men out there mm-hmm. who God, whom God is calling. God is calling I have no doubt about it. And hey, listen, per capita, we're not doing too bad, uh, for none, but we can always use more. So I want our listeners to be aware. You are encountering young men every day, boys even maybe is being prompted at a very early age. You're running into these boys, these teens, these young men, maybe not so young men, every day whom God is calling. Be attentive to them. Encourage them. Throw out those words. Have you ever thought of being a priest? Mm-hmm. Or you would make a great priest. What do you think? You know, pray for them. I pray, uh, part of my Friday sacrifice and prayers for, is for our priests, our seminarians, but also those men discerning. And I pray for those men. And I call them to mind, the men that I know that are, are uh, sort of out there thinking about it, that the Holy Spirit prompts them as, as the Spirit prompted our Blessed Mother to say fiat, let it be done to me, O God, according to your will. I am your servant. Pray for them. Encourage them. When you see those potential candidates, say it to them, because that might be all that they need to hear to help you know, push them along their journey. Very good. And with that, would you please help us close yes. with your blessing? And may the blessing of Almighty God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit come down upon all of you, your families and loved ones, and be with you this day and forever. Amen. Amen. And thank you for joining us on The Voice of the Shepherd. For Archbishop Alexander Sample, I'm Dina Marie Hale. And until our next encounter, have a blessed week. You've been listening to The Voice of the Shepherd with Archbishop Alexander Sample, a production of the Archdiocese of Portland in Oregon. To subscribe to this podcast and access to all of our past shows, visit moderndayradio.com. Please email your comments and questions for the show to info at archdpdx.org. Learn more about the Archdiocese of Portland in Oregon online at archdpdx.org. Peace be with you. If you enjoyed this podcast, please consider sharing it with a friend. You can support this vital mission of evangelization through materdayradio.com or the Hail Mary Media app. And thank you for helping us lead souls to Jesus through the Blessed Virgin Mary.